This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our special guest is David Hernandez. And David, you came out with a brand new book. Of course, you have a brand new CD set with us, but your brand new book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in Every Book of the Bible. And when I read your book, it's not just informative, like, hey, the Holy Spirit's here, it's here, it's so eye-opening, but the teaching that you have throughout the book is wonderful, impacting, and personal life lessons for for all of us as we read the Word and dive into the uh, whole passion of getting to know the Holy Spirit in a deeper level. And David, thanks for being with us, and I just want to start off right away with you know, there, there's some people, and you, you said it in your book, and you, you teach it this way, they really do not know who the Holy Spirit is. Just for the next few minutes, just tell us, who is the person of the Holy Spirit? Well, thank you for having me on the program here. I'm, I'm blessed to be here, and I love talking about the person of the Holy Spirit because he really is, I believe, the secret, the something more, and the power behind the Christian life. I believe with all my heart that when you come into friendship with the Holy Spirit, it transforms everything. That friendship is transformative. So the Holy Spirit, you know, a lot of believers are under the impression, as was I, that the Holy Spirit is only active after Acts chapter 2, after the day of Pentecost. Right. But the person of the Holy Spirit is God. And because He is God, just as divine as the Father and Son, equal in power, equal in authority, equal in position, because He is just as divine as the Father and the Son, He is just as active and present throughout all of Scripture. So just as, you know, we say in the Old Testament, you see... Jesus Christ concealed, and in the New Testament, it's Jesus Christ revealed. So the Holy Spirit acts alongside him because wherever you see the Son, you also see the Spirit and the Father. They're one and the same. They're together. They have what I call Trinity unity, the perfect union between all three, the bond that cannot be broken. And so the Holy Spirit was there at the beginning. He was there in Genesis when he was hovering above the face of the deep. The dawn of time, the Holy Spirit brooded over creation. I love that word when it says he hovered. In the Hebrew, it means he brooded. In other words, like a dove broods over its eggs or a bird broods over its eggs and incubates them. So the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning, hovering above creation, breathing upon the Word of God, empowering the creativity and the active power of the Son and the Father, and causing creation to come into existence. Even Job describes this. And, you know, really the Holy Spirit was not just there in the beginning and breathing upon creation and becoming the breath of life within man, as we see in Genesis 2-7. We also see him in the book of Exodus. He's the fire in the bush that called Moses and called him to deliver a people. He's that fire of evangelism 
who ignites our hearts with passion to go and win the lost. The Holy Spirit can be found in every book of the Bible. He is God. He is the presence of God with us. He's the spirit of grace. He's the spirit of power. He's the spirit of faith. He's the miracle-working spirit. And we can go on and on and on and on. But ultimately, the Holy Spirit is God with us. But let me ask you this, David. Um, a, A lot of people attribute the Holy Spirit to a force, which he is, a a presence, which he is, but not a person. And in your teaching, you really bring that out, that he's, he's a friend, he's a comforter, as Jesus talked about. But talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. Well, I first met the Holy Spirit when I came to recognize that he was a person. Now, when I first heard this, it thrilled me, the idea that I could know the Holy Spirit like Jesus knew the Holy Spirit, that I could know the Holy Spirit like Paul the Apostle knew the Holy Spirit. He's that same ancient spirit who worked there from the beginning. He inspired King David to write poetic stanzas of worship. He inspired wisdom in Solomon. He spoke to every prophet and he moved the men of God to write the scriptures that we now read. And so I found out that the Holy Spirit could be known. And I, it's funny because I, at first, when I heard this, I thought, well, maybe when I talk to the Holy Spirit, I'm committing some type of misdemeanor idolatry. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I was that religious in my thinking that I thought, can I talk to the Holy Spirit? Is it okay if I address him? Or, or am I only supposed to talk to Jesus? And so, you know, After struggling with my religious thinking for a little bit, I finally said, you know what? I want to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. I want to understand His ways, because He really is, like I said, He's God with us. He's the one who is here empowering us with His grace and so forth. So in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, the Scripture says this, If there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any thousand mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Now, it says the comfort of love, you know, the consolation in Christ, but then it says the fellowship. The Scripture says the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now, why is it? that he's encouraging this fellowship. And, 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 you know, we actually see this encouragement again in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, I got to thinking about this, and I thought, you know, it says the, 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 the grace of Jesus Christ, so he's empowering me for righteousness. Uh, basically, He became sin who knew no sin, that I might become the righteousness of God. It was by his death that I received grace. So grace comes through Christ. It's also empowered by the Holy Spirit, but it comes through the sacrifice of Christ. I have the love of God within me. Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So grace comes from Christ by the Holy Spirit. Love comes from God by the Holy Spirit. But then it doesn't say, and the fellowship of the Son be with you all. It doesn't say, and the fellowship of the Father be with you all. Now, we are to fellowship with the Son. We are to fellowship and be in fellowship with our Father, of course. But it emphasizes the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And why is that? Why is that it emphasizes, the Scripture emphasizes the fellowship 
of the Spirit and not of the Father and the Son. Well, think about this. Where does the Scripture describe the Father as being? The Scripture says, and it gives us imagery of the throne room of heaven, that God is sitting in heaven upon a throne. Where does it tell us Jesus is seated? The Scripture says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father after he ascended. Now think about this. Who is the one who is among us? Who is here with us? It's the Holy Spirit. So you'll notice all throughout the Scripture that the, that the Bible makes a distinction between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, there, often you mention, be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. At Jesus' baptism, you see the Son hearing the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved Son, while the dove descends upon him. There you see for the first time in the New Testament, all three, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, together but distinct from one another. So the believer has no trouble accepting that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all distinct from one another. We get that. We understand that. That's right. very plain in Scripture. And then the Bible goes on to go even further and describe them each as a person. So we have no trouble accepting that the Father and the Son are a person. We have no trouble accepting that the Father and the Son are divine. Where the believer has trouble sometimes is in accepting that the Holy Spirit is both divine and a person. But the Bible says in John chapter 15, verse 26, But I will send you the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth. And then it says, He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. There, in that one scripture, not only do we see that the Holy Spirit is a He or a person, but we also see the distinction being drawn very clearly. He will come to you from, from the Father and will testify about me. There you see the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, all three distinct from one another, and the Spirit very clearly mentioned as a person. So the Father, the Son, the Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit, we know He's a person because He has a will. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 says, But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to man, every man severally as he will. The Holy Spirit can speak. We see that in Acts chapter 8, verse 29. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. And again, we find that we are supposed to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So again, it's very simple. We see that the Holy Spirit is a person. We see that he is distinct from the Father and the Son. But where the believer really has trouble when entering into fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that last barrier is that they are not sure whether or not the Holy Spirit is God. So going back to when I read that book, I said, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. And up until then, I had been saved. Just as we saw in Acts, the believers were saved, but they had not even heard of the Holy Spirit. And so I had been saved. I knew a little bit about the Holy Spirit. But as you said, I imagined him this to be this force or this this expression or this energy, almost like electricity floating about the room. Right. I didn't understand him as a person. So I said, just like I read in that book, I read, I, I saw it in the ministry of Catherine Coleman. I saw it in the ministry of Benny Hinn. And I said, Lord, I want the same thing. I want to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I want him to consume my very being. I mean, just using Catherine Coleman as an example, you could see just even, I watch her on YouTube and I could see just in the videos, that she hosted the presence of the Holy Spirit. There is this union that takes place when the glory of God begins to emanate from every aspect of your being. 
from your voice, from your physical body, from your hands of healing virtue. I mean, I could go on and on. And he just overtakes you and you become one with the Spirit. So I wanted that. I was hungry for that. And so I'm praying in my room. I want something from you, Lord. I need a touch from God. I I had previously come to this uh, spiritual drought, if you will. You know, the Lord will often take us there. But I had come to the spiritual drought, and I said, Lord, I can't find you. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to find Jesus. And so in that moment, I just gave up, and I said, I don't know how to pray. You have to teach me. I don't know what I'm doing. I prayed the scriptures that I memorized. I read the books. I, I, I memorized the, 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 you know, the Christian prayers that were written down for me. I, I, I don't know what else to do. I was so frustrated because I wanted this. I wanted this so bad. And then when I gave up, when I finally surrendered, the Holy Spirit showed up. Mm. When we surrender, when we finally say, I can't do it, that's when the Holy Ghost shows up. And so I remember the Lord teaching me in that moment, it's not by carnal efforts. It's not by the exhaustion of your emotion. And often God will wait till we've exhausted our emotions and our efforts just to prove to us that it's only him that can get us in. That's right. So I remember I was there, and I was saying, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. And when I met the Holy Spirit as a person for the first time, I'll tell you, it had been after four hours of seeking him. I don't believe that's going to be the case for everyone. But with me, my flesh really needed some time to die. <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that God is waiting for us you know, to—it's not that he's just waiting and withholding his presence, saying, you're not worthy of me. It's that he's already there, but sometimes there's so much flesh there that we can't recognize the Spirit. Would you teach that uh, the Holy Spirit wants to be searched out? Yes, and I, that, that's what I want to talk about kind of in that when, when the Holy Spirit feels distant. And, and I, I definitely want to touch on that for sure, if you don't mind. Um, but, but just to finish this thought, and so I, 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 he finally comes in to the room. I mean, not that any, I, I use that terminology because, you know, it helps us to understand it, but really he was always there with me. It wasn't that he came any closer, but I became more aware. And he introduced me to himself. I felt this gentle breeze come into my room. My body was vibrating and shaking with what felt like electric currents pulsing up and down my body. I felt this warm heat envelop my body. The love of God filled my heart. I was bursting with joy as tears poured down my face. I shook with reverence and awe. I thought, I mean, the Holy Spirit had made Jesus so real to me in that moment, because that's what he does. The Holy Spirit makes Jesus real. I, I thought that if I were to move my hand, I might feel it brush up against his robe. I was frightened. I didn't even want to open my eyes because I was terrified with awe. I thought if I opened my eyes, I might see Jesus standing there, wow. looking right back at me with his eyes of fire. And I said, Lord, I don't even want to move. I didn't even want to move because I didn't want to disturb the moment. I wanted just to, to appreciate that presence. And so in that moment, I sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I, I don't always feel it that way, but in that moment it was special. And it lasted for maybe a minute or two. But had I waited for it a hundred years, it would have been worse. Wow. And so that's when the Holy Spirit showed me not only is he a person, not only is he distinct from the Father and the Son, but he is divine. I mean, think about this. The Holy Spirit is all-powerful. He's omnipotent. Think about this. Luke chapter 1, verse 35 says, The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Well, we know that it was by the Holy Spirit that Mary conceived this baby. But the Scripture says the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit carries the power of the Most High. He is omnipotent. The Holy Spirit is all-knowing. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So he knows the depths of God. Do you realize that by the Spirit you already know God? In your spirit, you're already connected to him. People pray and seek God, believing that it's going to draw them closer, when in reality, God can't get any closer than within you. Prayer is not a means of connecting with God. Prayer begins from connection with God. Imagine how much time you'd save in prayer if instead of begging God to hear you, you simply believed he already did. And we we know these things, we understand these things, because the Holy Spirit is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows the mind of God. He knows the nature of God. He understands the mysteries of God and the character of God and the plans of God and the will of God. And he makes all these things known to us. So the Holy Spirit is omniscient. The Holy Spirit is also omnipresent. Psalm chapter 139, verse 7 says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. So the Holy Spirit is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. He's God. And so that, I think, I mean, that's a little summary because there's so much to him. That's a little summary of who the Holy Spirit is. Now, I you needed to hear that, those who are listening. You needed to hear where David Hernandez is coming from because— he, he's not just writing about something he doesn't know about. He's experienced the Holy Spirit. He has revelation about the Holy Spirit. He spends time with this person named Holy Spirit. And I, I'm so glad you did that, David, because people need to understand that there is so much depth to who he is as, as, as a presence, as, his, as a divine being, and as a person. And he lives inside us, which is basically how you just ended it there. And David, you wrote this brand new book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in Every Book of the Bible. What is that going to do for people? Well, it's going to draw them into greater revelation of the Holy Spirit. I, when I wrote this book, my, my, it really came out of a passion and a love for the Holy Spirit. You, you know, because um, we did Carriers of the Glory, which was my first book that I did with Destiny Image. It's Carriers of the Glory, Becoming a Friend of the Holy Spirit. That book acquainted the reader with the Holy Spirit. This book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in Every Book of the Bible, really just digs deeper. And it goes through from Genesis to Revelation, and it pulls out from each and every book of the Bible something we can learn about the Holy Spirit, something we can know, those little nuances about his person that will cause you to not only receive the revelation, it will cause your life to change because when you have revelation, you have transformation. See, if I was just giving information, you'd be informed. But when you get revelation, you are transformed. So this book goes beyond information and into the realm of inspiration and revelation. And that's what I like at the end of each um, portion where you talk about this is where the Holy Spirit is in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And I love how you pulled that out, by the way. But you give practical teaching 
in regards to really getting to know the Holy Spirit in every book of the Bible. And it's it's like a diamond with all these different wonderful uh, facets where every time you look at a different book, David, the way you wrote it, you see the Holy Spirit in a brand new way. And I love that about this book. And and then you did that three CD set for us, How to Become a Friend of the Holy Spirit. What what are people going to be impacted most by that? Um, that? That CD series is all about acquainting you with the Holy Spirit, which is what I do in the first uh, the first session, which is part one. And then in part two, I talk to you about how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I give three very practical keys on hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, something that you can apply immediately. And then thirdly, in that CD set, I talk about oneness with the Holy Spirit. And that really is going a lot deeper because, you know, oneness with the Holy Spirit is so overlooked. I, I, I wish more, more would talk about union. And so I believe that as they go through that CD set, not only are they going to receive that practical foundation from which they can build, but they're also going to receive really deep teaching that's not so deep that it doesn't work. And I like what you said about um, the book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in Every Book of the Bible, about there being a practical side to it. And that's because really the Holy Spirit is quite literally down to earth. He's the one who's here with us, experiencing life. And so one of the things I did not want that book to become was just a the- theological book or like a handbook. I wanted it to be something that was not dry theology, but but like a, a river that flows through and refreshes you. So they are going to get some teaching, but that's why I also put in a lot of stories and experiences because, you know, I think faith without works is dead and teaching without examples is the same. You have to have the teaching and the, the, the stories to really bring out uh, and, and illustrate the point. So I think they're gonna, it's more of a journey through the Bible with the Holy Spirit. It is, and but it's a very refreshing journey. Uh, it, it really refreshes you as you read this because it, it so motivates you to want to see and know the Holy Spirit in ways that you've never really known or seen Him before. And when we come back, we're going to have David talk more about hearing the voice of God and the benefits, what happens when you hear the voice of God, and some testimonies from David. We'll be right back. Call now and get David Hernandez's brand new book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in Every Book of the Bible, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, How to Become a Friend of the Holy Spirit, plus this special bonus, the Holy Spirit Reference Card. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9543. Through David's brand new book, you will be taken on an unforgettable journey to discover and experience the Holy Spirit's powerful presence throughout the entire Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. Discover the hidden mysteries of the Holy Spirit. Receive a fresh revelation from God Himself. Understand your supernatural identity. Begin to walk in God's kingdom power. Learn what it really means to have the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling in you. Through David's three-part audio CD teaching series, How to Become a Friend of the Holy Spirit, you will understand the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Discover the role that the Holy Spirit can play in your life every day. Begin to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit with confidence and clarity. Become a friend of the Holy Spirit. Pray more effectively. Worship in a deeper way. Better understand the Word of God and how it relates to your everyday life. Begin to boldly share Jesus with others using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Live a life of victory over sin. Overcome oppression and depression. 
Receive your emotional or physical healing. Minister better to those in your family, to your friends, and even others who you come in contact with. The CDs include David's anointed prayers to help you begin to sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in a way you never thought possible before. Plus, you'll receive this special bonus, the Holy Spirit Reference Card, which contains a scripture from every book of the Bible concerning the Holy Spirit. Don't miss out on getting David Hernandez's brand new book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in Every Book of the Bible, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, How to Become a Friend of the Holy Spirit, plus this special bonus, the Holy Spirit Reference Card. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience, yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9543. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9543 or log on to sidroth.org. Call or write today. We're back with David Hernandez, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit, how wonderful He is, how beautiful He is, how much we should be learning to enjoy Him and His presence and all the wonderful things that come with knowing the Holy Spirit. And not only does David teach that you can know Him as your best friend, but he reveals how the Holy Spirit is literally woven through the entire Word of God. And once you begin to pick up on the on the symbolism of the Holy Spirit, it be, the Bible becomes alive to you like never before. And, and David, we could talk all day. I know you could talk all day about how to hear the voice of God. And and I'm going to leave the people uh, uh, wanting for more on that part. But you, I really enjoyed what you had to say about the benefits of hearing the Holy Spirit. It's one thing that, okay, I, I'm, I, need, I know I need to learn to hear His voice, but there's benefits in hearing the Holy Spirit. Could you talk about that? Yes, well, the perfect example is in John chapter 5, verse 19. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by Himself. Think about that, nothing. He does only what He sees the Father doing, Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So Jesus walked in this alignment with heaven. He heard the voice of the Father, and we know that when the Father speaks on earth, it's by the Holy Spirit. I show that in the book. Um, there are some examples that you can compare from Isaiah chapter 6, and then at the end of the book of Acts, where if you pair the end of the book of Acts with Isaiah chapter 6, you'll see very clearly that when God speaks to men in the Old Testament, it's by the Holy Spirit. But that's a side note. The point is, Jesus knew the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, imagine this. Jesus walked in perfect obedience to the voice of God. You and I, we, we walk with him. We, I, I like to take it day by day. I know, I, I know that some are more um, further along in their spirituality, but I take it day by day, sometimes moment by moment on good days. But Jesus walked in perfect unity with God to the point where not only was he walking in obedience to the Lord on a daily basis, he walked with him hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second, millisecond by millisecond. He walked in perfect obedience. And if I could say this real quick, David, you said something that I've never heard before. You never see Jesus running. Right. Why is that? So, Well, because you see that Jesus wept. You see that Jesus ate. You can see that Jesus fled from people. Uh, you know, at certain points, but you never see that Jesus ran. 
And Jesus never ran because Jesus was never late. He walked in the perfect timing of God. He so good. He rushed. He was never rushed. He was never hurried. He was never stressed. He walked in this quiet, bold confidence in where he was in the will of God. And that comes only by knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit. So he walked down in that obedience. He had it perfectly down, right down to that millisecond. And we may say, oh, well, that's Jesus. But remember, the Bible just said the Son can do nothing by himself. Jesus stripped himself of certain divine qualities while here upon the earth. He was divine in identity, but he was man in nature. You can't kill God. God cannot die. But Jesus died. So we know that he stripped himself of certain divine qualities. So we can have this same obedience with, uh, with following the voice of the Holy Spirit. He had a peaceful, rested flow, a very calm and confident demeanor. He walked in authority. He walked at a, at a steady pace. He was not, you know, wrapped up in himself. He was not thrown off kilter, off balance. He was emotionally stable. Why? because he had a peaceful, rested flow that came from the confidence of knowing he was obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. Often we feel like we're falling behind or we rush ahead. So true. Because we don't know the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I don't know, for example, when I was younger in the ministry, I was much more rushed. I felt like if I don't get going right now, I'm going to miss out on this, that, and the other. And I don't regret obeying and responding to the call of God when I was younger. That I'm seeing the blessing of now. But still, as, as quickly as I moved, I always wanted to move quicker. <laughs> <You know? laughs> as powerfully as God moved, I always wanted him to move sooner. You heard the saying, he's never early, he's never late, he's always on time. time. I, right, okay, we know it. I, that bothered me because I said, Lord, I wouldn't mind if you were early now and then. Save me a little bit of stress. <laughs> he wants us to learn trust. So I, I would rush ahead. I would push. I would try to get ahead and thinking that I was missing out on something when really I was perfectly in the pace of God if I just trusted him and I wouldn't miss out on a thing. Following his voice brings you peace. It brings you clarity. You're not, you're not confused about what you should do and where you should go and when you should make that move. You're very, you're very clear in your head. It's not cluttered with the cares of this world. You have a purpose. You understand why you're getting up in the morning. You understand why you're doing what you're doing. You're effective. Because I'd rather be effective than busy. I'd Ooh, that's good. Productive. I'd rather be productive than have a bunch of tasks on my hands. So there's a difference between busy and being productive. They're not the same thing. When you're effective, because of the voice of the Holy Spirit, you zero in on things. You know what to say no to, and you know what to say yes to. You're not taking every single opportunity that presents itself. You're just following the voice of the Holy Spirit, you see miracles. I mean, I remember when I was uh, ministering, I believe this was in San Diego, there was this altar call that I had called, and I'm praying over the people, and I'm pacing back and forth on the platform real slowly, just trying to tune into what God was doing. You know, you find that river. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, He's like a river. You don't fight Him, and you don't force Him. You just flow. Mm. So I'm flowing. I'm going back and forth. And all of a sudden, I hear something to the effect of, I want that too. I want that too. And I hear this in my head over and over. I'm thinking, why am I hearing this? And then I look over and I see this, this boy was about 12 years old. And I heard it again. I want that too. 
And I pointed at him and I said exactly the phrase that I was hearing. And he just looked stunned. His eyes widened, his jaw dropped. He looked at me with just, he was just astonished. And then the Holy Spirit said, that's what he just thought right now. So I told him, is that what you just thought right now? And he starts nodding in the affirmative, just very, very awed by what God had spoken to him. But then I got to thinking about that, and I realized I heard that phrase seconds before I pointed it out to that boy, which means that the Holy Spirit knew what he was going to think seconds before he thought it, and then told me what he thought. And I pointed it out. Right on time. When you, when, yeah, when you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's right on time, but you also walk in miracles. Mm. Because that was a miraculous thing. You know, so often we try to, you know, we'll reproduce something like, for example, one time I was, another time I was ministering, and the Holy Spirit just said, call up the people who aren't feeling the power of God right now. So I said, is there anybody here? You feel absolutely nothing. I had like two of you who raised their hand and said, you guys get up here, prayed for them. They went on under the power of God. Now, I realize I've never done that before. I haven't done that since. It was just a unique expression. If we're not careful, we don't have the voice of the Holy Spirit. We get stuck in systems instead of in faith. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to figure him out. He wants you to just trust him. So had I gone and done that again without being led by the Holy Spirit, the people who I brought up would likely be very disappointed because I wasn't acting on the voice of the Holy Spirit. I was acting on what he knew, what I knew he had done before, kind of like Moses when he struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. And so we see miracles, and we see actual results that count for eternity. So the voice of the Holy Spirit brings peace, it brings clarity, it brings purpose, it brings effectiveness, it brings the miraculous, and it brings actual results that come about in eternity. Now, again, I don't want to get into the how, because, you know, like you said, we don't have much time, but I did go into the how on that CD set, and there are three very, very, very practical keys that they that the listener can apply immediately. Like as soon as they hear that, they can go and apply it. Absolutely. And and you teach that the Holy Spirit wants to be sought. What does that mean? Well, it's one of the most beautiful aspects of his nature. Now before I get into this, I just want to clarify the Holy Spirit never leaves you. He's with you. He abides with you. Jesus said, I'll send you another, and he will never leave you. Jesus makes good on his promises. The Holy Spirit isn't going to leave you. But, you know, in the Song of Solomon, we see something very interesting. Now, this isn't a directly symbolic reference to the Holy Spirit, because, you know, the young man in the Song of Solomon is a prophetic parallel of Christ. And the young woman in the Song of Solomon is a prophetic parallel of the Church. So really, this is a conversation between Christ and his bride. But let me read it, and then I'm going to analyze this for a second. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 14 says, My dove is hiding behind the rocks, behind an outcrop on the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is pleasant and your face is lovely. Now, the reason this can apply to the Holy Spirit is because the dove is symbolic for the Holy Spirit. Now, again, this isn't a directly symbolic reference to the Holy Spirit. In other words... That dove here represents—this is Christ talking about his bride. Christ is calling his church the bride. It's a term of endearment, a term of affection. But what we do see here is that the dove has a hiding nature. That we do see in the Song of Solomon. And, you know, the Holy Spirit actually shows up a couple other times in the Song of Solomon, but I won't get into that now. But the dove has a hiding nature. So while this isn't a directly, uh, necessarily directly symbolic reference to the Holy Spirit— it reveals something about the nature of doves. 
and thus something about the nature of the Holy Spirit. So think about this scripture also in Jeremiah chapter 48, verse 28. You people of Moab, flee from your towns and live in the caves. Hide like doves that nest in the clefts of the rocks. So we see very clearly the dove has a hiding nature. Now, the Bible tells us, Isaiah chapter 45, verse 15, Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye search for me with all your heart. So the Lord does hide from us. He doesn't leave us, but he hides from us. One of the reasons he hides from us is to test us. Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 31 says, However, when ambassadors arrive from Babylon to ask about the remarkable events that have taken place in the land, this is the key right here. It says, God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. Now, think about that. God withdrew from him. Now, God obviously did not leave him. God is omnipresent by the Spirit, but he withdrew in a certain way. So there might be seasons in your life where the sense of God's presence eludes you. So I'm not saying God leaves you. I'm saying there are times when you feel like God is a million miles away. When you look at your circumstances and you say, God, where are you? Why aren't you working on my behalf? In these times, he's doing one of three things that I've noted. It could be more, but one of three things that I've noted. Number one, he's testing you. In those seasons where you sense a supposed distance between you and the Lord, you can either leave it at that or seek him. Now, God is watching you. He wants to see what you're going to do. The Holy Spirit also hides to purify you. Again, when I say hides, he's not leaving. He's just, it's the sense of his presence I'm talking about. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. So seek him until he rains righteousness upon you. In other words, the seeking brings righteousness. Seeking the Lord brings purification. Do you realize that God is not in heaven saying, Look how long I can withhold my presence from them. He's not doing it to be facetious or to tease us right. or, to be be, or to be cruel. In fact, his presence is there. What is actually happening is while you are seeking him, the flesh is dying. Think about this. We can worship. I heard a great man of God saying, we can, the flesh can sing, the flesh can preach, the flesh can read the word, the flesh can do ministry. But the moment you begin to wait upon the Lord, the flesh can't take it. Well, it's good. It's true. So think, the powerful man of God said that. And I add to that, that it's interesting that you can do all those things, but once you go to pray and seek the Lord, your flesh begins to squirm. Right. Notice that squirming that your flesh begins to, to act out when you're praying. It's like you can't subject it. People will often say, wow, I was perfectly at peace or I was perfectly calm until I went to pray. Then all of a sudden, this, this, and this came to my mind. I tell them, no, those things are always on your mind. That squirming, that chaos is always there. You just didn't recognize it because you were never quiet enough to hear it. So when we go to pray, we're actually showing, we're actually able to see what goes on inside of us. So when you go to pray and there's all this chaos in your mind and you're squirming and you can't stay still, that's always been there. Wow. You're just seeing it revealed because you're not quiet enough to listen for it. And so... What the Holy Spirit does is while you're seeking him, the flesh starts dying. The flesh starts to fade. 
the flesh starts to weaken. You'll never be fully delivered from the flesh, but the flesh can be weakened. And so you begin to become weakened in the flesh, and all of a sudden your spirit starts to thrive, and you have a connection that is made or that you can sense. So that's number two. He hides to purify you. Number one, he hides to test you. Number two, he hides to purify you. And number three, the Holy Spirit hides to draw you closer. You see, when God seems to be leaving you, remember this. He is not leaving you. He is leading you to deeper places. Hmm. The Lord wants us to become hungry because we become so satisfied in his blessings. We become so satisfied in comfort. But God is too merciful to leave you comfortable. God is too merciful to leave you to your own blessings and to leave you static. You know, if you're not walking in faith, you're likely, I'll say it this way, if you're not walking in faith, if where you are doesn't require faith, you're not in the will of God. God will always put you in a place where you require some faith for something. Otherwise, we could do everything ourselves. Right, and you would never be growing your faith. Right. You would become stagnant and you're spiritually dry. If you're not growing, you're regressing. So the Holy Spirit draws us deeper by withdrawing the sense of His presence, and then we become thirsty and hungry, and we're saying, Lord, I want more, I want more, I want more, and we, 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 we go to Him. Think about it. If you never felt hunger, would you ever stop to eat? No, you probably, especially people who like to work. Me, personally, that's one of the things I, I enjoy working. I enjoy studying. I enjoy writing. So if, if you never stopped me to eat, if I never felt hunger pains, I'd probably die of hunger because I would never stop. I wouldn't, I wouldn't realize I was hungry. I wouldn't realize my body needed it. But we have hunger pain because we're supposed to eat. And so this is the same thing with spiritual hunger. When we've not been seeking him like we should, then, then we feel the hunger pains. But also, you don't just feel hungry for the presence of God because you're not seeking Him like you should. Sometimes it's a sign of growth because the bigger you get, the hungrier you get. And the more your spirit grows, the hungrier your spirit becomes. So hunger is a good thing. So when you sense that hunger, when you sense that distance, know that God is, not, again, God is not leaving you. He is leading you, and He wants to satisfy you. He wants to he wants to satisfy that thirst. He wants to satisfy that hunger with his presence. Okay, so you're hearing the heart of David. And that's why you need to get this brand new book, Encountering the Holy Spirit, in every book of the Bible. It'll it'll teach you, it will train you, it will equip you, and it, I'm just telling you, it's gonna refresh you in, in your spirit so you become closer and closer to the Holy Spirit like never before. So his brand new book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in Every Book of the Bible, and his exclusive three-CD set, How to Become a Friend of the Holy Spirit. We'll be right back. Are you stuck in your relationship with God? Do you feel as if your prayers are hitting the ceiling and not reaching heaven? Did you know that you can have an intimate and experiential relationship with God like never before through the person of the Holy Spirit? David Hernandez has been gifted by God to help usher believers into the awesome and powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. He helps me to pray. He gives me boldness to evangelize. He puts the power on my life to cast out devils and heal the sick. He transforms me and helps me to walk in holiness. He leads me in worship. He gives me revelation of the Word. When you get the Holy Spirit, you get it all. When you spend time with the Holy 
Spirit, you get it all. You get all of his expressions. You get all of his manifestations. Call now and get David Hernandez's brand new book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in Every Book of the Bible, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, How to Become a Friend of the Holy Spirit, plus this special bonus, the Holy Spirit Reference Card. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9543. Through David's brand new book, you will be taken on an unforgettable journey to discover and experience the Holy Spirit's powerful presence throughout the entire Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. Discover the hidden mysteries of the Holy Spirit. Receive a fresh revelation from God Himself. Understand your supernatural identity. Begin to walk in God's kingdom power. Learn what it really means to have the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling in you. Through David's three-part audio CD teaching series, How to Become a Friend of the Holy Spirit, you will understand the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Discover the role that the Holy Spirit can play in your life every day. Begin to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit with confidence and clarity. Become a friend of the Holy Spirit. Pray more effectively. Worship in a deeper way. Better understand the Word of God and how it relates to your everyday life. Begin to boldly share Jesus with others using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Live a life of victory over sin. Overcome oppression and depression. Receive your emotional or physical healing. Minister better to those in your family, to your friends, and even others who you come in contact with. The CDs include David's anointed prayers to help you begin to sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in a way you never thought possible before. Plus, you'll receive this special bonus, the Holy Spirit Reference Card, which contains a scripture from every book of the Bible concerning the Holy Spirit. It's wonderful that David sees Holy Spirit as his best friend, that I see Holy Spirit as my best friend. But God wants you to see Holy Spirit as your best friend. Could you use a best friend? I can't wait for you to become a friend of Holy Spirit. Don't miss out on getting David Hernandez's brand new book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in Every Book of the Bible, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, How to Become a Friend of the Holy Spirit, plus this special bonus, the Holy Spirit Reference Card. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9543. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9543 or log on to sidroth.org. Call or write today. We're back with David Hernandez. And David, I know that you wrote this book, even though this is really not putting you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, you, you wrote uh, in, in this book how you can identify and recognize and, and, and see the symbolism of the Holy Spirit in every book of the Bible. And of course, there's 66 books in the Bible, and you go through every one of them in a, such a wonderful, refreshing way. But I'm going to pull out one right now. I'm going to give you th about 10 seconds to think of it. But I really enjoyed what you pulled out in the book of Joshua. And it really, I never saw it this way before. How Now, we know that most of us know that the Holy Spirit brings breakthrough, but how is the Holy Spirit revealed in Joshua where we see the Holy Spirit bringing breakthrough? Well, it's found in Joshua chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. And we all know the portion of the Scripture. It's a very popular um, portion of Scripture. I'll just read it to you. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. 
horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can start charge straight into the town. So it happened just like that. Now, in the Old Testament, we, we know that the original language is Hebrew. And the, the word there I'm, I'm, I want to key in on is ruach, which means, which means spirit or breath or wind. In the New Testament, it's pneuma, it's Greek. And that can also mean spirit or breath or wind. Now, of course, context always dictates the meaning, and we have to be careful about forcing symbolism where it's not there. But here I think this is a very clear example. What was it that brought down those walls? I mean, I always thought about that. What a peculiar command to give. Now, here, you're going to get your breakthrough, but I'm going to have you walk around this, this, this wall seven times, and then on the seventh day, you're actually going to go seven times. And, you know, I thought, man, that is so interesting that he would have them all things shout and then blow through the horns. Well, what does that represent? That shouting, that, that especially the breath through the horn, it represents the Spirit of God. You see, it was the Ruach of Heaven that brought down that, that wall. Wow. When they blew, it was, it was Ruach that flowed out of them and brought down that, that barrier, that, that bondage, that, that inhibition to their breakthrough. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of breakthrough. I mean, think about it in Exodus. I love this. Exodus chapter 15, verse 8, the, the children of Israel again passed through a, a barrier by the breath of God. It says in Exodus chapter 15, I love this. It says, at the blast of your breath, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood straight like a wall. In the heart of the sea, the deep waters became hard. Now think about this. The Ruach of God fortified the water to become like walls and weakened the walls to become like water. It was the breath of God that gave them their breakthrough. It was because of the breath of God blowing that they were able to walk through as if it was no trial. They, they didn't have to fight for it. They didn't have to battle. I mean, to bring down the walls, that is. They didn't have to fight to bring down the walls. They didn't have to do it with their hands. They didn't have to take sledgehammers to stone. Instead, they just released the breath. That's so often what we need to do is, is forget about our efforts. Yes, your efforts are great. Yes, we are to try. Yes, we are to walk in partnership with God to some degree. But we have to realize that it's not by power nor by might. But it's by my spirit, says yes. the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit who gives you your breakthrough. The Holy Spirit can accomplish more in a single day than all your toil and effort and exhaustion can accomplish in a hundred years. Boy, come on. The Holy Spirit gives ability. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. He moves right when you think it's just about to end. Just when you think you can't go any further, just when you think there's no way out, the breath of God, the Ruach, the Numa, the wind of heaven blows through and moves those walls out of your way, moves that water out of your way, and he creates a way where there seems to be no way. He creates a path where no one saw a path. He is the spirit of breakthrough. It almost sounds like, David, to me that if we do not learn, yes, the Holy Spirit is in all those who believe in Jesus— but it almost you, it makes it sound like if we don't learn to partner with the Holy Spirit, learn to hear his voice, learn to know him intimately, we live life the hard way. Absolutely. 
I mean, I don't know how many times. I mean, I, in fact, I was just talking to someone. I'm sure they won't mind me mentioning this. I won't give any names or details. But they were just telling me about how they're, 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 they were struggling, and they were saying, oh, man, you know, Brother David, it's just been so difficult. I've been trying. I've been trying. I've been trying. I said, that's the problem. That's why you're tired. You're trying in your effort. I'm not saying that we don't attempt anything. I'm not saying that we don't work with the Lord. But we have to also get out of the way sometimes and just let him move. I mean, how often do we... I mean, just, let's just take, uh, let's take prayer, for example. How often do we exert emotion to try to make up for what we, what we perceive as a lack in connection with God? Right. I give, a, I give an example like the cell phone. Like earlier, we were having trouble with our cell phones, right, with this, with this radio interview. And, and, and so we were, we were trying to figure out how to get the technology to work. And, you know, what most people would have done in that situation is they would have started shouting. Right. So they would have had, they would have gone from speaking nonsense or what sounded like nonsense to a broken signal. They would have gone from speaking nonsense to louder nonsense. And what that is is that's someone trying to make up for in volume what lacks in connection. And so that's what we do with prayer. We we try to raise the volume of our prayer life through emotion and yelling and you know whatever it is that we do instead of just finding the connection, which is is flowing. And that's really what the Holy Spirit does. He gives you breakthrough in all those areas. He'll give you breakthrough in your devotion to the Word. He'll start to speak to you in Revelation. He'll give you breakthrough in your prayer life. He'll give you breakthrough in your worship. He'll give you breakthrough in your evangelism. Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and ye shall be what? Witnesses. So he'll give you breakthrough in your holiness. He'll give you breakthrough in every aspect of your life if you just surrender. Now, come on. For those who are listening, I bet you will never read this story of Joshua fighting the Battle of Jericho the same again. I mean, come on. It, that just brings such uh, revelation and illumination. You can just picture those guys walking around the, the walls and the breath of God being released. And that's what tore those walls down. And, and David, as I'm looking at my notes, I got so much uh, good stuff here from your CD set and your book, and we can't possibly uh, get to it all. But there's two other areas just to touch on briefly. Number one, how the Holy Spirit vindicates. And number two, how the Holy Spirit keeps you in God's will. But reading the notes here, as you were talking, I was just going over here, how the Holy Spirit vindicates. That is so precious, what the, what the uh, Holy Spirit has shown you about that. Talk about that for a moment. Well, the vindication of the Holy Spirit, I found in Obadiah. And now, now we have the—I've gone over symbols of the Holy Spirit. That's the first chapter. I give symbols of the Holy Spirit. And there are three ways you can see the Holy Spirit working. Uh, that's one of those—which is symbolism. And in symbolism, there are nine symbols of the Holy Spirit that I found— and in Obadiah chapter 1, verse 18, the Scripture says this, The people of Israel will be a raging fire, and Edom a field of dry stubble. The descendants of Joseph will be a flame roaring across the field, devouring everything. There will be no survivors in Edom. I, the Lord, have spoken. So the Edomites um, basically should have come to Israel's aid in their time of trouble, but they took advantage of the weakness of Israel and ultimately brought about their demise. Uh, so... This is God speaking, look, you betrayed my people, and now I'm going to vindicate them. So they become like the fire. That, that fire consumes them, and God gives them the ability to, to receive vindication. But it wasn't by themselves. It was by the nature. It was this fiery nature that did this. Um, you know, we can also see, and I won't, I won't go into detail here, but uh, think about David's pursuers in First Samuel chapter 19, right. 19 through 23. Um, the Holy Spirit vindicated David there. 
Um, there are so many ways. I mean, the Holy Spirit vindicated Peter when, when with Ananias and Sapphira. He said, you lied to the Holy Spirit. I thought, wait a minute, they lied to Peter. But the Holy Spirit, this is what I love, the Holy Spirit takes it personal when people wrong you. Oh, I like that. He takes it personal. So Peter was able to say, you, you, you lied to the Holy Spirit, even though they lied to Peter. So when someone lies to you, the Holy Spirit says, they lied to me. Wow. When somebody wrongs you, the Holy Spirit says, they wronged me. When somebody grieves you, the Holy Spirit says, they grieved me. Mm. And again, this is, I'm not talking about being hypersensitive and, you know, every issue is... No, but i tell you what that does, David, is that should even convict us how we interact with our brothers and sisters. You, you know what I mean? You just can't just say whatever you want because it could be grieving the Holy Spirit within them. Yes, and, and think about this. They're, they're vessels of the Holy Spirit. You're violating that temple. You know, Peter didn't have to lift a finger for revenge. The Holy Spirit took care of it. You don't have to, you don't have to reply. You don't have to vindicate yourself. The Holy Spirit is that vindicating fire, and He will take care of it. So how do we trust, how do we trust that the Holy Spirit is going to vindicate us when we feel like we've been wronged? Well, worry is a useless attempt at control. There you go. When we, when we worry, we are basically telling ourselves that we are taking control of the situation. So, so here's, here's human nature. We think that by obsessing over a certain thought that we're therefore taking care of that thought. But worry is the flesh's powerless counterfeit for prayer. Think That's good. That. Worry is the flesh's powerless counterfeit for prayer. You can't by word. That's why the Bible says, "Don't worry about anything." Instead, pray about everything. So, so don't. I mean, how do you do it? You have to discipline your thoughts to not dwell on it. Just release it, and God will do it. Well, that's good. And and we only have about four minutes left. But I want to ask you uh, briefly: How does the Holy Spirit keep me in the will of God? Oh, this is this is one of my my favorites because. In Jonah chapter 1, verse 4, we all know the story of Jonah. God called him to minister to the Ninevites and or to Nineveh. And, and he's over there disobeying. He gets on the boat. He starts sailing away. I mean, he is moving away from the call of God. Like He's running. Okay? This is different than most believers who say, Lord, I don't want to miss your will. Lord, I'm seeking your faith. Lord, I want to walk perfectly in what you've called me to do. So all sincere believers are concerned about fulfilling the will of God. They don't want to step out of his purpose. They don't want to step out of his safety. And so we, we, we strive for the will of God in our lives. But while many believers worry over this, I think most of them fail to recognize that the will of God is not as fragile as we imagine it to be. Right. I like that. Jo- Jonah is a prophet called by God, and he is fleeing from the call of God. Yet he's disrupted. Now, we know that wind is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, but look at what the Bible says. Oh, I love this. Look at what the Bible says, Jonah chapter 1, verse 4. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Think about that. To to set Jonah back on spiritual course, the Lord sent a powerful wind. Mm. Wind, which is the symbol of the Holy Spirit, was used by the Lord to get Jonah back on track. But it wasn't just wind. It was a powerful wind. Jonah couldn't fight it. He couldn't fight against it. He couldn't run from it. People need to realize the Holy Spirit is a powerful wind. They can't fight him. He's going to get his way. He's going to chase you down. He will not let you go. He will not let you down. He is 
gentle, but oh, is he persistent. He will not stop. So not only did the wind stop Jonah from moving in the direction where he wanted to go, it also destroyed his boat. So the Holy Spirit <laughs> will, will not only speak to you and try to draw you back, it'll destroy your means of disobedience. That wow. powerful wind. Wow. He will work against your means of disobedience. Think about that, how faithful he is to us. And and so the, the Holy Spirit keeps us on track. And then there's more there's much, much, much more too, even in Jonah, much more symbolism there. But but I want you to really think about that. That it, think about in Acts chapter sixteen, verses six to seven, where Paul and Silas are are on their way and they want to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit prevents them. Right. So 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 he God will keep you on track. Look, it's when it comes to the staying in the will of God, we can rest in the fact that it's not about us. We're not basically we're not depending upon our ability to hear God necessarily. We're depending upon his ability to communicate with us. You can rest in the fact that so long as you're seeking his faith sincerely in your heart, you're living a life of prayer, and you, and you really are pursuing the will of God, he's not going to let you off track. I mean, if Jonah couldn't get off track when he tried, <laughs> how, how much more safe are you now that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and that you're trying to fulfill the will of God? So I, I, I would say this, you know, don't, don't worry about it. Just go. Don't be so afraid of missing the will of God that you do nothing. That's Don't good. Something for God. And in the meantime, he'll direct you if you get off track. That's good. David, would you just pray whatever the Lord's giving you to pray for the people that are listening? Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would not neglect or ignore the person of the Holy Spirit. Precious Holy Spirit, help us not to grieve you. Help us not to ignore you. I want you to know we love you. You're welcome in our lives. You're welcome in our ministries. You're welcome in our homes, in our hearts, in our minds, in our emotions. Every part of it, you're welcome. We ask you, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Show us Jesus like never before. Teach us to love like you love. Help us to walk in fellowship with you, I pray. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, David's brand new book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in every book of the Bible. And you heard him just here talk about Obadiah, Joshua, Genesis, the book of Acts, and so on and so forth. I'm telling you, this book is very, very powerful. And I love how after he talks about each book of the Bible, he gives such a practical way that we can apply that part of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. And of course, he did the exclusive three CD set, How to Become a Friend of the Holy Spirit. He really walks you through how to intimately know the voice of the Holy Spirit, the benefits of the Holy Spirit, just really how to walk this out. And he also prays a prayer at the end to release that over your life. You've been listening to Messianic Vision with our special guest, David Hernandez. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special offer. Do you want to know what the Holy Spirit is really like? Did you know that you can have intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit? David Hernandez wants to mentor you in how to become a friend of the Holy Spirit in his brand new book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in Every Book of the Bible, and his exclusive three-CD set, How to Become a Friend of the Holy Spirit. And as a special bonus, 
you will also receive the Holy Spirit reference card that reveals Holy Spirit's activity in every book of the Bible. Call now for David's brand new book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in Every Book of the Bible, and his exclusive three CD set, How to Become a Friend of the Holy Spirit, as well as the bonus Holy Spirit reference card for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. David Hernandez's brand new book, Encountering the Holy Spirit in Every Book of the Bible, and his exclusive three CD set, How to Become a Friend of the Holy Spirit, and as a special bonus, the Holy Spirit reference card. Offer number 9543 for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9543. Once again, that's offer number 9543.